From Argus Media, this is Driving Discussions, a podcast series focusing on the forces that affect road fuels globally. Greetings and salutations once again. I'm Jason Metco, spot ticker reporter here at Argus, and on this episode, we're focusing on the fuel oils universe, how things have processed during the pandemic, and how the crisis in Ukraine has affected the normal ebbs and flows of the market. Our guest today, Kayla Myertons, U.S. Products Editor here at Argus. Kayla, thanks for joining us. Good to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. A little bit about fuel oils in general. Give us the lay of the land, if you will. Residual fuel oil is a very fun product. It comes out of a crude distillation unit. It is one of the heaviest grades with asphalt, products like slurry, and it comes out very heavy, which is kind of a finished grade, 3.5% sulfur fuel oil. And that product goes in tandem with something called 0.5 fuel oil, which with International Maritime Organization standards set in 2020, right before the pandemic, this product essentially is the main fuel burned by ship owners with compliance with these standards. And so to go from that heavy grade to the 0.5, products like atmospheric tower bottoms and low sulfur vacuum gas oil and slurry oil all get blended down essentially to make 0.5 And so it's kind of like a smoothie, if you think about it like that. But the heavy-grade fuel oil can actually still be burned in ships with scrubber exhaust equipment. And so they're just both utilized by ship owners. Think about cruise lines. Think about Caribbean Cruise Line. If you're going on Disney, it can be something like that. Think about the pandemic in general. No one was going on cruises. Shipping was pretty much nil for a while. Ports were quiet. How did the pandemic affect the fuel oils market in general, Kayla? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, really, when the pandemic hit, things were a little bit in chaos with all the travel restrictions. And on cruise lines specifically, things just got really quiet. There was a lot of illiquidity. Demand really sank. And that kind of progressed into 2021. And around summer 2021, specifically in California, in Los Angeles and some of the biggest ports, we had labor shortages and those really impacted things. It pretty much pushed low sulfur fuel oil in Houston to record price highs in October. And that's since eased into 2022, but now we're kind of leading up to another big thing in 2022. That would be the current state of affairs with the U.S.-Russian oil sanctions and I guess tell us a little bit, Kayla, about how that is playing into all of this because it looked like we were on for a pretty good recovery, but now things have taken two steps back, if you will. Yeah, they've definitely subsided, if that's a term to use. I would say if we're going to break this down into the 0.5 and the 3.5 sulfur fuel oils, well, on the 3.5, the heavier grade, higher sulfur, that product is really used as a coker feedstock. Coker economics have been very strong in the U.S. Gulf Coast. And if you tie that back to Russia, when the oil sanctions happened, both of these grades shot up in prices. Brent, the Brent complex hit some record highs as well. And when that really pushed, I think up to $127 a barrel on April 8th, we really started to see basically these prices go up. They're very follow very similarly with Brent. And the most important thing to know about Russia is that Russia is an exporter of a fuel oil grade called M100, Mazut 100 fuel oil. 
and as a heavy grade that gets processed in Gulf Coast cokers. And so Russian exports took up over 60% of U.S. Gulf Coast imports in all of 2021, in the last actually 12 years to date. And now since then, pretty much Washington said that pre-ban contracts could continue to arrive into the Gulf into April 22nd. And now we've kind of passed the April 22nd march. We're still tracking very closely what's going to happen in May, but it does look like those Russian exports are really sinking. They came down to 40% in April with trying, you know, refiners scrambling to fill it. And now most refiners are looking towards the Bahamas, Estonia, which is in the Baltics, the Middle East and countries like Kuwait, Iraq, the United Arab Emirates, and even Mexico as well. You mentioned 60% down to 40%. Is there any chance it goes even lower than that? Oh, for sure. It will just continue to sink. I mean, we have not heard of any companies that are able to get around the contracts or able to get around the sanctions. And so, yeah, right now we're in this wait and see period. She is Kayla Myerton. She's U.S. Products Editor here at Argus. We'll get you out on this, Kayla. Once this ends, the conflict, if you will, there's always a period of readjustment. Let's say it ends tomorrow. How long before we get back to where things were? Most traders and refiners are, like I said, in a wait and see kind of period. I really think there's so much uncertainty clouding things right now, but I will say that a lot of Gulf refiners have historically really used that M100 fuel oil. And the fact that it's currently sanctioned, but if this happened tomorrow, I really do think that it would start coming back to the U.S. Gulf Coast. That quick? Probably that quick, I would say. Good to have you join us, Kayla. Hope you'll come back on. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Many thanks to Kayla for joining us, and that will conclude another edition of Driving Discussions, a production of Argus Media. Make sure to check out the other episodes in our series, and for more information on Argus's global refined products coverage, visit argusmedia.com forward slash oil dash products. 